Good morning. <laughs> Service one, you showed up. Wow. Oh, that was overwhelming for me in worship. I don't know about you. What a sense of the Holy Spirit, which is what we're talking about today, here in the room with us. I think it must have been the young adults kind of primed the atmosphere. They were here Friday night for a worship time, and over 50 young adults and youth gathered to worship the Lord. And I think that just makes God smile a whole lot. And we were experiencing some of that uh, this morning. But you jumped right in as well, and I just appreciate that because when we give our hearts and worship, it just really opens the heavens and uh, we can experience the presence of God, which is what I want to talk about today. Say yes to the Holy, uh, a Holy Spirit-filled life. And uh, this is the last installment of Say Yes, and then we have guest ministry, as you heard. Uh, next week, I'm excited for you to meet a new friend. Uh, I'm getting to know David, and uh, I know that... Um, as he labors in the Montreal area, they're deciding their next steps in God after returning home from Hillsong, uh, Paris, and uh, faithful to the Francophone community in, in the Montreal area and the city. I think we're going to really be blessed with what he brings us. So a number of years ago when I was in Bible college, um, I had just graduated and been asked to do some pulpit supply in a little church in the Kawartha Lakes that was without a pastor. And so Christina and I, um, just for uh, two, I think it was about two months, and uh, we did. A, they would do a Sunday morning and a Sunday evening service, and um, it, it was uh, it was a smaller congregation, uh, and uh, they they were a little they were a little stiff. Can I just say it that way? They were a little stiff, uh, and uh, it, despite the name of what their experience should have been uh, outside on the on the placard outside the church, they they just they were a very conservative uh, group of people uh, that just didn't express uh, their experience in the Lord. And so I decided one of the evenings that I I announced that I was very excited. I was going to preach a message similar to what I'm preaching this morning on the third person uh, of the Trinity, uh, the Godhead. When we talk doctrinally, God is three in one and one in three. We can't figure it out. If we could, uh, we would be him. So we can't figure, it's just a mystery. We take by faith what the scriptures teach us, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. God the Father, we can kind of get our head around that one. You know, when we think about, okay, what's God the Father like? What's Jesus like? I get that. But who is the Holy Spirit? And uh, if you've been around church uh, for any length of time or you have an older version, uh, translation of the Bible, he's the Holy Ghost, the Holy Ghost. I don't know about you, but I don't like ghosts. I just don't like ghosts. I didn't even like Casper, the friendly ghost growing up. Um, I, I don't like horror movies. It's Halloween time. I just, yeah, I just don't like, um, I like, I like, I like the good side. I don't like the bad side. And so the holy, how can he be a holy ghost? And, uh, and so you, really we need to bring clarity as we're talking about this third person of the Trinity, uh, God, the Holy Spirit. And so I was excited that, that night to, uh, uh, to, to minister this message to these people. And uh, you could have heard crickets before, uh, during, and after we opened up the, uh, the front of the church, which was often a tradition in, that, in, in those churches, that Sunday evening, we would take some time uh, at the front, we called it the altar, uh, and uh, to pray, and, and uh, people came forward, knelt down, and didn't even audibly, out loud pray. They just knelt down and prayed in quiet meditation. There's a wonderful place for that. 
But if you uh, have been here for the last uh, however many minutes of harvest, you, you already understand that we love to express and experience the Holy Spirit. We want to engage with, uh, talk with, and experience God. And all God's people said, Amen. Amen. If that's new to you, we want you to become familiar with who the Holy Spirit is. Uh, and uh, that, unfortunately, I, I couldn't move that church. But one of, one of the reasons was there was nothing really to point to. This morning, it's easy for me to point to what we're talking about, just what we just experienced as we were graced with something, you know, that's tangible in the room. You can't see it, but you certainly can experience it and know that God is here. Uh, really, this should be, if we're going to do an exhaustive treatment uh, of the Holy Spirit and our experience with the Holy Spirit, two or three, maybe four weeks, and this is uh, just the completion of just in this series, saying yes. As a church, we say yes to the promises of God, and we're not going to read our verse that we've been reading all along in Second Corinthians, that uh, we don't serve a maybe God. We serve a yes God. Say yes. yes. And we have to say yes to a number of these conditional. Um, it's not just yes and all the promises dump on us. They're conditional promises as we partner with God. And I appreciate Frank going through as I was listening. I go, Wow, that really was a good series, wasn't it? Man, that was a lot of good yes stuff in there. And I hope you've enjoyed this, and I hope that uh, if uh, you are just beginning your relationship with Jesus today, that you'll be stirred to enter into a relationship with Holy Spirit. And uh, if you kind of, yes, I understand Holy Spirit, that you will have a fresh uh, awareness of our need to be filled every day with Holy Spirit as we do our life with the Lord. Not in a natural way, but in a supernatural way. Father, we just pray right now that you would help us. Jesus, thank you that you came and secured salvation for us. And Holy Spirit, thank you that you're here today. And you are the expression of Father's love. You are the expression of Jesus' work. You're the one we experience. You're the one who loves to turn back our attention to Father and Jesus. Thank you, Holy Spirit, that you're here today. Help us clarify who you are. And that you want to touch and bless and be with each and every one. We thank you for that in Jesus' name today. And everyone said. So it can be confusing when we're talking about Holy Spirit and understanding. Uh, and to kind of make things a little bit more confusing, the scriptures use a lot of analogies to help us understand Holy Spirit. But the analogies are, are a little more ethereal. The Bible talks about Holy Spirit being fire. Oil, wind, which we sang about today, water. And when we meet, when we meet Holy Spirit at Jesus' baptism, which is a unique appearance of all three members of the Trinity, as there's a voice from heaven, this is my beloved Son, God the Son, and then the Holy Spirit, um, which isn't a bird. Holy Spirit's not a bird. Uh, he's not a dove. Uh, they didn't see a dove. I know in the painting you see a dove. I know in the movie there was a dove. But it says that the Holy Spirit descended like a dove. So he was descriptive. But again, what did they see? Did they see anything? Uh, but the, um, this descriptive that the Holy Spirit kind of descended and hovered, as we're going to read in Genesis in a moment, Holy Spirit was at creation. And so uh, that even confuses, so is he a bird? Are we looking for a bird to come in? No, no birds. Um, but, but again... Just this idea of describing who Holy Spirit is. 
and I mentioned already, and I grew up, he was the Holy Ghost. And uh, I remember taking a friend to a meeting, and in, in my tradition growing up, uh, some things had kind of taken place culturally that weren't necessarily scriptural, uh, but they definitely were in our culture. And, uh, and, and, and sometimes past culture of people, they're well-meaning, but they've misrepresented Holy Spirit because they're weird. And Holy Spirit's not weird, but the people were weird. And the people had weird ideas about Holy Spirit. Have you ever met somebody who's really weird when it comes to Holy Spirit? Are you sitting beside? No, never mind. Um, you know, maybe you are that person. And, and so we did weird stuff. And as I look back, I'm thinking, did we really need to do the weird stuff? And it, the answer is no. But it was fun, I guess. And it became kind of cultural. But unfortunately, can be misleading and, and miscommunicate and actually push people away from the beautiful reality of a life, of the Spirit-filled life. And so we're in this meeting, and people began to pray. And uh, as you would pray, if you were sensing the Holy Spirit would be a word that, you know, a phrase we would use, your, your words would be elongated. And so, you know, you might be just praising the Lord, but hallelujah, hallelujah, Lord, we love you. And I hope you do that on Sunday. I, I do that. And you might hear me do that once in a while because I, I can't help sometimes. I just shout. And the Bible talks about shouting praises. And I'll shout, oh, yeah, God, you are awesome. But uh, a word in, in the Bible that is translated in every language the same, hallelujah, meaning give extravagant praise to the Lord. Acknowledge him extravagantly. But in, 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 in my culture, that culture, it was hallelujah. Hallelujah. And you would shake a little bit because that meant you were really feeling it. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And, uh, and so I didn't think anything of it. Um, and and uh, there were other things that were descriptive. And those that are laughing, I know it's cringy laugh, isn't it? It's like, oh, we actually did some of that. And uh, why did we? And, and so I went home and my friend was freaked out. And he wasn't freaked out by God. He was freaked out by the boogeyman. He said to me, why was the boogeyman in the service? I go, what are you talking about? He goes, that guy was spooky, man. That guy was a ooh, ooh, ooh. He said he was spooky. Why is he making spooky sounds? I thought about it. I wanted to defend it. I probably did. But looking back, there's no defending that. Like, that's just weird. And there's weirder stuff than that. I just chose something that wasn't too cringy. And so... If you've experienced, uh, and I apologize, uh, uh, you know, somebody who grew up in a culture that we talk about uh, and, and live and, and want to have this beautiful supernatural life in the Holy Spirit, living, saying yes to a Spirit-filled life. There are a number of things that, that this morning you might be here going, uh, I don't know. I just don't know about this stuff. And, and you're the person that I want to talk to today or remind some of us that we maybe need to renew our experience so let's dig in this this morning a little bit. Um, and so it says in Genesis 1-2, the first mention uh, of the Holy Spirit. Now, the earth was formless and empty. Darkness was over the surface of the deep. And the Spirit of God, or the Holy Spirit, was hovering. And so that's that picture again. That's, that's a bird. That's a bird word. Uh, kind of hovering, not resting. Hovering, resting. That's going to become important. Hovering. Resting. Hmm. The dove went out from the ark. Couldn't land anywhere. 
came back, Dove went out from the ark, found a place to rest. Hmm. Okay, just some of you that um, just you'll you'll hmm things to make you go hmm. You'll write that down in your notes. You'll like that and say, oh yeah, hovering. He's hovering, but Holy Spirit rests. Hmm. Okay. Now the earth was formless and empty. Darkness was over the surface of the deep, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the water. So the Holy Spirit's present at, at creation. In uh, Colossians tells us that Jesus is the creative power, and God spoke. So this, God the Father spoke. Uh, Jesus was the creative uh, in the team, and Holy Spirit is the one uh, that uh, brought it all together uh, in it, the expression of God's power. This Hebrew word, and I don't speak Hebrew, uh, but the Old Testament used the word uh, ruach. You have to make that sound in the and that's why I can't speak Hebrew. Mia, Mia can say some uh, uh, Hebrew words. Um, and, and so, I'm not kidding. That's how they do it. And, 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 and so it's a, it's a, yeah. So, holy, this holy ruach. And throughout the Old Testament, this Hebrew word to describe Holy Spirit. And it, it literally means wind, breath, or a blast of air. So it doesn't translate holy breath. It just doesn't translate, does it? Holy breath, uh, holy wind. It doesn't translate. But we're, I'm, I want you to see this because we're going to understand some of these things uh, as we make sense of this. In the New Testament, the Greek word is pneuma. We get our word pneumonia, uh, you know, of the lungs. And, and uh, it means a current of air, a blast of breath, a strong breeze. So the Bible says that he's holy wind, holy breath. So let's just maybe look at wind for a second. Uh, and we sang about his, the, symbol, the symbolism of the wind. And on the uh, 50 days, Pentecost, do you know what Pentecost means? It's really deep. It means 50. <laughs> 50 days after Jesus' uh, Passover, 50 days later on the Jewish calendar was Pentecost. It was a feast. And God used the Jewish calendar uh, to express who he was and what he was doing in his timetable. And, and so 50 days after, the Holy Spirit comes into the newborn church and uh, as wind. So let's just talk about wind for a second. Number one, what are some characteristics of the wind? The wind is unseen. You can't see the wind. But you can feel wind. And, and this is where we're confident this morning to talk about the experiential part of God. And we're not afraid at harvest to talk about experiencing God. And you might come from a background or hear people talk, and you will, that Oh, the charismatics, charismata, that's a Greek word for, uh, you know, all things Holy Spirit, that, that you're all caught up in the experience and the emotions, and you're too emotional. We would rather be like the church that I was talking about. We're going to be stiff and saunch, and we're going to be all head knowledge. Uh, and and uh, so, you know, we don't need experience. We have God's Word. And yet the Bible says that we need the Word and the Spirit. <laughs> we need both. Somebody say both. Boring Christianity without being natural and super and supernatural together. And, and so, so we don't see Holy Spirit, but we certainly can feel Holy Spirit, experience the wind, experience Holy Spirit. And we can only really, in our intellect, understand to a certain degree. And at some point, like the Old Testament story uh, of the river of God, which symbolizes all things, all things Holy Spirit, all things the presence of God, the prophet went in ankle deep, and then he went knee deep, and then he went chest deep, 
And then it says he was in waters to swim in. And it was a prophetic picture of life in the saying yes to the Spirit-filled life. And the thing about swimming and that picture, ankle deep, knee deep, chest deep, you can still touch the bottom. You're still in control. But there's something about when you let go of bottom and experience the river. You experience and trust the Holy Spirit. Now, some people are like just, yeah, cannonball people. And that's their personality. And some people are a little more careful. And you want to walk in to all things. And it, both are good. But get into the river where you're not in control. We let go sometimes. And I'm not saying checking your brain out of the door. We start intellectually, but at a place of trust, there is a letting go because the Holy Spirit cannot be seen, which means not fully understood in our intellect, but he can be experienced. This morning, I was overwhelmed with emotion. I just wept as I was just so experiencing the love. I, just, I could just feel the, uh, the hug and the I love you of God over and over and over again um, as the worship team did an amazing job just opening the door for us to experience his presence today. Wind is unpredictable. I've mentioned before that I have a, um, a hunting background and, and just it's a hobby of mine. I love to be in the outdoors. It's more the outdoors than it is the hunting part of it. Uh, but the shooting sports are, uh, I just love them and, and all things firearms. It's just something that I enjoy. And wind has a lot to play in, uh, in all of that. One, if you can be, if you understand um, hunting where you're not pursuing the animal, but you're sitting still or stalking an animal, um, animals have a great sense of smell, and they can smell you coming. And there's nothing worse than being on a good hunt, knowing you're getting close, and uh, the wind is unpredictable and changes its direction, and now your human scent gets carried downwind to the animal, and you hear a deer, and what he's doing is cleaning out his nostrils of your stink because the humans smell, and he takes off. And you hear him and knew you were that close, and he's gone. You were busted. The hunt's over. Because wind is unpredictable. And as much as you try to make your gauging the wind, or, or when we're shooting, the wind can change the trajectory of a bullet. I'm locked in. I've done everything. And then the wind changes downrange. Feels great here, but down there it's doing something different. Unpredictable. Say unpredictable. Wind can be unpredictable. A lot of people want their religion, or they want their Christianity nice and neat and tidy. I do this and I do this and I like this and we did that yesterday and we're going to do that today and probably tomorrow. And How come we don't do that anymore? And We used to sing that song and I like that song, keep singing that song. Why, why are we doing a new song? I just got used to that song. I like things all predictable and nice and neat and tidy. How many nice, neat, tidy people do we have? You just be honest about that. And I am too. That's my personality. And I make supper at home. Uh, I love to cook. I've done it for a number of years. And uh, I get home a little bit earlier than Christina, and so I have supper ready. And I just really enjoy that and enjoy the kind of watching. You know, watch. I understand in French, you know, bon appetit. And I, I, it, we don't have an equivalent of that in English. I just think that's amazing because w- when you say it, you wait and watch, and they take the first bite. And if they're like, mmm, you're like, yes. <laughs> it's just, it's just, it's awesome, you know. It's a part of the whole experience. But if left to myself and I get into a rut, uh, Monday uh, I'll cook something with beef. And it'll get real predictable and, I'll, and I can tell you what beef it'll be, like what, si- what dish it'll be. And then Tuesday's pasta. And then Wednesday's pork. 
Thursday's chicken. And Friday we might order in or have hot dogs and soup. But, but I'll get super predictable. It'll get so predictable, Christina will say to me, hey, listen, HelloFresh is doing their special again, and I just ordered it. So we have it coming for two weeks. Yeah, she's all excited. I'm like, what's wrong with my food? There's nothing wrong with your food. You're just too predictable. Holy Spirit's not predictable. And there's something about life and relationship and the simplicity of I just shared with food. Though that's easy. It's easier to do that. It takes away from the experience. And so Holy Spirit in our relationship uh, with God is very unpredictable. He keeps it fresh. He keeps it new. If you like it in a box, I'm sorry. He will mess you up. He'll just mess you up. And he's not messing you up to make your life miserable. He's messing you up so you can come into the beauty of relationship with him. God spoke to Moses in a burning bush, and he never did it again. Christians, you know what they want to do? They want to have church of the first burning bush. That's the way God did it with Moses. We're going we're to have a church where the bush burns, God speaks, and all through Christianity, people have been trying to repeat the predict- to get predictability. Every time there's a move of God, uh, and there have been many of them, even in Canada over the years, and then churches, go, they say, this, this is where we experience God, and they try to make Holy Spirit predictable. Let's make him do that over and over and over again. And Holy Spirit's going, man, I'm trying to get some Hello Fresh into your life. <laughs> I'm just trying to, so I don't do, I'm not doing, I did, did it then, I ain't doing that now. That's boring. I want to do some new stuff. The Bible says, behold, I do a... New thing. All right, he's, he's unpredictable. The wind blows wherever it pleases. You hear its sound, but you cannot tell from where it's going. So it is with everyone born of the pneuma. So is everyone born of the Holy Spirit. Number, uh, the next one, wind is powerful. And it's powerful when it's harnessed with those big, ugly windmills uh, in the Finch area where they, uh, whoever put those up totally destroyed our scenery. I don't like them personally. Um, just aside, you don't hear me get up on soapboxes, um, and I won't, uh, but I'll just put my, can I just put my foot on the soapbox? It'll just feel better. And we have a river that produces more hydroelectric power that's so green. It's the greenest of green. It's green, 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 and produces hydropower all the way down. We give it away to New York, but we have to erect these big, ugly windmills. Why don't they put those out in the desert somewhere where there's lots of wind? Anyway, I'll, I'll just take my foot off again. I wasn't expecting an answer. Um, don't text me. Um, I do believe in green energy. All right. So wind is powerful when we harness it, and it can be really destructive when it's not harnessed or understood. The Bible says, but you will receive power. Say power. That word is dunamis in the, at the Greek word, and we get our word dynamite. It is, it is explosive power when holy pneuma comes on you. And you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and Judea and Samaria to the ends of the earth. Jesus didn't call us to be natural followers of him. He called us to be supernatural followers of him, living and saying yes to a spirit-filled life where we understand that we may not fully, you know, he's like wind. We can't see. He's not predictable, but he is powerful, and he wants to be a part of your life, be a supernatural follower with signs and wonders following us. Another thought, wind is refreshing. I grew up, as you know, in southwestern Ontario working uh, in the agricultural area and later in construction. And summertime, sometimes it would just be so humid and hot. Um, it, we don't, because the river here, we get some breeze. Pretty often we'll get a breeze here. 
But there, I remember just so many summer days where it was so still and so hot and sweats pouring out of you. And then that breeze would come up and all the workers would just stop and turn into the wind and go, Are you there? Yeah. You feel that? <sighs> say that with me. <sighs> you can't say it. You just make the noise. But when we get in our hot tub with the kids, it's always, can you get in without going, <sighs> nobody can. <laughs> it's so refreshing. Holy Spirit is so refreshing. Some of us just need to be refreshed. Uh, some of us just need a fresh wind of the Lord to blow into our life. You're here today. Today's your day. Our prayer team will be coming in just a few moments. And if you just need to be refreshed, feel the wind. Ah, he just, we're going to pray for you. We're just going to believe for that to happen. I know that sounded like my cue, guys. And you can, you can go into the green room. I'm not quite ready yet. Let me just talk about receiving the Holy Spirit. How do you receive? How do you say yes? Yes, I want to live in a spirit-filled relationship with God. Then the Lord formed, we're going back to Genesis, God formed a man from the dust of the ground, and he breathed into the nostrils the breath of life, and the man became a living being. Literally, if you were to look at the Hebrew, that God... And what was just dust, and when people die, we say ashes to ashes, dust to dust. We return to how God created us. God, however he did this, formed Adam. He was, he was not alive. He was just a shell. And then God breathed, ruach. He ruached into Adam. And Adam came alive. In the New Testament, the scriptures say, I live and move and have my being because of the pneuma of God. Old Testament, ruach. So now he's an eternal being because God's ruach, God's, God's spirit, God's life, the Holy Spirit is inside Adam. But then they were tempted and they believed that they could continue with God without the spirit of God. And God goes, don't you dare eat of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. That's all head, that's head knowledge. You live in the tree of life. You can, I'm going to come and walk with you in the garden every day. I'm gonna, you're going to experience in the cool of the evening. And, and I don't have time. That's why I said it just takes three or four weeks or a course and, and to talk about Holy Spirit and the complexities and how the Scriptures are filled. But when God walked, the Bible says in the cool of the evening, it's, a, it's very difficult to translate because what it literally means that at the time of the day when the Ruach was breezing through the garden, the refreshing moment in the garden, God came and stood and walked with them. A life walking with God in the reality of an experiential uh, moment uh, in our life every day with God because of his ruach. But then Adam and Eve said, we're going to believe the lie and we're going to enjoy, we're going to enjoy, we're going to have religion. We're going to know the difference between good and bad and we're just going to choose good. We don't need God to do that. We'll be God. We'll be the judge. We'll start judging how life should be and, of course, you know the story that sin entered the world because they turned their back on the Ruach of God and they said, we'll figure them out. We'll just figure out this religion thing ourselves, live in our heads. And they died. 
not physically at that moment, but spiritually, as, as, as God departed. They were separated from God. At that moment, it says, and then the eyes of both of them, now just, just hold the thought, ruach in them. Say in. Okay, it's important. Hovering, resting, hovering, resting. Then the eyes of both of them were open, and they knew that they were naked. And they sewed fig leaves together and made themselves coverings. When we read that and we see paintings depicting this, we read back thousands of years of a sexualized culture back onto naked people. And so we see them just cover, kind of covering their private parts because of the, our, our sexualized society. They covered all of themselves. They were naked. They didn't just cover the important parts that society would say, these are the parts you shouldn't see. They covered all of themselves. Now, here's my thought. They have this realization that it says their, Bible, their eyes were open and they realized that they were naked. Naked. What does naked mean? Naked means I don't have any clothes on, which means they had clothes on before they were naked. I'll just let that sink in because that's a reality. They had clothes. How did they know how to make coverings? How did they know how to do that? How did they know to get the fig, the fig uh, leaves and make coverings? Well, I'll, I'll, I'll put you out of your misery. Go, yeah, I'll tell you. That's a really good question that I asked and I hope you're asking. Is because they did have clothes on and they were covered. And let me show you where that happened. So the Bible walks through the seven days of creation. And remember there was chaos. Holy Spirit was hovering. Say hovering. Yeah, yeah, he was hovering. He hadn't landed yet. There was no place to land. There was nothing to land on. Foxes have holes, birds have nests, but the Son of Man has no place to rest his headship. Hmm. Another verse just to make you go, hmm. So, on this, on, we have day one, day two, day three, and uh, the, the grass and, and, and the creepy crawly thing. All the way, day six, he makes man. On the seventh day, God rests. Look at it. Understand, on the seventh day, he didn't put his feet up on his fo- on, on, and, and, watch, and watch football. On the seventh day, God had finished the work that he'd been doing. So on the seventh day, he rested. On the seventh day. At that moment, what completed creation in the universe was the presence of God descending, not hovering now, resting on Adam and Eve. They were clothed in the glory of God. They had him on the inside. They had him on the outside. This is super important as we understand. Because I'm going to talk to you about how can you say yes. And I'm just, just theologically, so you can see this. It's not weird. It's in the Bible. It's very clear. They had ruach on the inside. And they had Holy Spirit not, not hovering now, resting, totally at home, covering them on the outside. Until the moment they turned their back and said, we'll go our own way. And they left the garden. And the Holy Spirit now lifted off of them, both inside and outside. So we come into the New Testament, the work of Jesus. Jesus has been with his disciples. He goes to the cross. He dies. He's buried. He's raised again. They're hiding out in a room, and they're scared to death because they think they're going to be the next one to be captured by the Romans, and they're going to be killed as well. And so they're hiding with the door locked, and the Bible says that Jesus walked in through the wall because he didn't use the door. Scriptures are clear. And they went, ah! And he said, it's okay, it's me. And they have an experience, a post 
cross experience with Jesus. Look, look what it is. It says that, that he comes in, hey guys, uh, I've paid the price for sin. I'm stopping here uh, with you guys first, my 12. And it says that with that, as he talked with them, he breathed on them and said, receive holy pneuma. Why in the world would Jesus go, hi guys, great to see you. No, it's holy. It's holy. It's good, guys. It's holy. Yours not so good. Mine, holy. They got saved. At that moment, Jesus brought salvation to his disciples. He couldn't have done it before the cross. He does it as a, a post. Now the price has been paid for sin. He comes amongst those he loves and those who love him. And, and, and he says, hey, uh, this is your moment. And he says, I, you, here it is. Receive just the way Adam and Eve did, Holy Spirit. And then he says, listen, guys, he keeps talking. He says something else is going to happen. Not just this. This is good. This is where it all starts. But there's something else. There's something more. Somebody say more. He says there's more. you got to have more because I'm going to the right hand of the Father. I'm sending Holy Spirit. You won't be hanging out with me. You'll be hanging out with him. You've been hanging out with me for three and a half years. But now I want everybody to hang out. So they hang out with Holy Spirit. And God's presence through the Holy Spirit comes to earth. And he says, I'm going to tell you how it's going to happen. You have on the inside, but I'm going to send you, Luke chapter 24, 49, I'm going to send you what my Father has promised. What, oh, oh, all the, all, oh, oh, yeah, we say yes to all the promises. Not some. He's not a maybe God. He's a yes God. All the promises. Say all the promises. Yeah, we're saying yes to a spirit-filled life. I'm going to send you what my Father has promised, but stay in the city until you have been, is it up there? Fill in the blank for me. Until you've been clothed. If you have an old King James version um, that was written in, in uh, uh, 400 plus years ago, it says be endued. Yes, I got endued this morning before I came. Didn't want to come naked to church, so... I got all endued. I'm endued, and I came to church endued. I have these uh, black and white shoes, and Aaron's got a pair of Converse's, and he told me, he's, he looked at mine, he goes, yours aren't Converse's, Dad. I go, yes, they are. I think, Chris, they're not. He goes, no, mine are Converse's. Yours aren't. <laughs> I go, all right, you understand way more than I give you credit for. Um, and, and so we don't endue we get, we get dressed. We get clothed. And so it's translated here, you will receive clothes with power from on high. I hope you see this. It's so important. Inside, outside. What happened on the day of Pentecost? You'll receive power when the Holy Spirit comes, what? In you? No, it's all, if you've been born again, it's already in you. It's already in you. When does, where does the, where's this power come from? Where's this spirit-filled life come from? Oh, it comes when the Holy Spirit's on you. Not in you, on you. There's a difference. Say on you. You say yes to on you. You said yes to in you when you got saved. You said yes to on you when you get baptized in the Holy Spirit. For John baptized with water. Why do you do that? For the repentance of sins. That's salvation. But in a few days you'll be baptized with the Holy Spirit. Jesus talking. This is Jesus. But when you receive the Holy Spirit, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you'll be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, the ends of the earth, which literally means 
you will walk in power of the supernatural like I did. You will have access to God like I did because the Holy Spirit was on me and in me. Well, how did it happen? Suddenly a sound like a blowing and violent, oh, wind. Right, well, we know about the wind. It's unpredictable. You can't see it. You can experience it. So we understand wind. It's Holy Spirit, Holy Pneuma. Came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. And they saw what seemed to be tongues of fire. So there's another symbolism. Fire that separated and came to oh, rest. It wasn't hovering. They said yes to Holy Spirit. Oh, yes, Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit rested. Holy Spirit, you are welcome here. As we sang that this morning. That was our corporate yes going up to be a house of the Holy Spirit. And can I tell you, I believe God wants to do more and more and more and more. And as more and more and more people say, yes, I'm, I'm here, Holy Spirit. Have your way. I know you're unpredictable. I want to get out from touching the ground. I want to live a spirit-filled life in the supernatural where I start to trust God in the rivers to swim in. Come and rest on me, Holy Spirit. Come take your throne room place and come on my life and rest. And they had an experience with God. They began to speak in tongues. And they all were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. Amazed and perplexed, they asked each other. And it is amazing and can be perplexing. What does this mean? I don't always know how to explain this. Some, however, made fun. And they always will. There will be people who make fun of it. They've had too much wine. Peter stood up to the eleven, raised his voice, and addressed the crowd. Fellow Jews... And all of you who live in Jerusalem, let me explain this to you. Listen carefully to what I say. They're not drunk as you think they are. Hmm, it's only 9 in the morning. They haven't had a chance to do that yet. No, this is what was spoken by the prophet Joel. Today this is that which God prophesied as a promise of the end of the age. When people would live with the Spirit of God in them and on them. So that we could fulfill his purpose of seeing a world we could witness to not, talk to, not talk people to death and convince them intellectually that God, see, God lives, and if you don't serve him, you're burning in hell. There you go. I hope you understand. How about, yes, there is a message, but accompanied with, whew, I don't know what that is right now, but wow, like that. Well, well yeah, well, let, let me just pray for you. And, and you begin to pray, and like many people in this room, like, I don't know why I'm crying. Why am I crying? Yeah, because the Holy Spirit is real. You can't see him, but you're experiencing him. I like this a lot. I want to serve Jesus too. Of course you do. <laughs> because his, his, his plea to the world is his open arms that were placed on the cross. And he said, I love you this much. And the Bible says the Holy Spirit has been revealing that love. Not to your brain, although we understand and we give mental assent. That's part of faith. But also, wow, God is real, and he loves me. Peter said, repent and be baptized. Salvation. Say salvation. Salvation. Every one of you, in the name of Jesus, for the forgiveness of sin. And you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit, the promise, the one we're saying yes to. The promise is for you. For anybody in the room going, ah, it's okay. I, I'm good. I'm good. But the promise is for you. Why not say yes to it? The promise is for you and your children and all who are far off, meaning people who don't know Jesus yet, but they will, and they're going to experience this too. 
to whom all the Lord will call. Can you all stand to your feet this morning? We're going to transition the service. Prayer team, you can forward and take your places. We love when you come and just serve. And if you're here today and you say yes to this or you've maybe never experienced um, what I'm talking about, and, and uh, we just want to lay hands on you today as they did uh, all through the New Testament uh, for you to sense Holy Spirit resting on you today. I had a person one time say to me, how does one know that one has been filled or baptized with the Holy Spirit? And I said, oh, one knows. One knows. It's just that the experiential piece, just your, your sensitivity to and your understanding of just goes through the roof. And you're like, I'm swimming. <laughs> I'm swimming. And it's not like, what about Bob? You know, I'm sailing. And if you don't know the movie analogy, forget about it. But if you do, you understand. Don't be tied to the mask. Step into the river. Don't be drunk with wine because that will ruin your life. Instead, be filled with holy pneuma. And it just means every day wake up and go, Holy Spirit, today come and fill me all the way up so that when I pour over in excess, I have you on my life. The very first time of that happens, we call it the baptism. You get immersed in it. And every day after as a Christ follower, it's up to you now to get before the Lord and say, Holy Spirit, come Holy Spirit. The simplest and shortest prayer of the New Testament. Fill me up. How do you do that? Well, you sing and worship and pray. You sing in the Spirit, spiritual songs. You pray in the heavenly language that becomes yours when you get filled with the Holy Spirit. And you sing in that language among yourselves. Make music to the Lord in your heart. Stay full. Stay full, Harvest, all right? These are the days of staying full. All right, with it, just with every head bowed and every eye closed, you're here today and just renew, renew a desire with the Lord today. Do you need some refreshing? Why not turn into the wind this week? Do you need to be filled? It's been a while. Why not come forward and receive prayer today? Hey, if you're here today and you've never received the of God into your life, eternal life, God breathing, You'd say, there's got to be more to life than this. There's got to be more to life than what I'm experiencing. This, I, there's more. In fact, somebody, you're here today or you're online and you say, I, there's got to be more. Can I tell you, you came to the right place to find out there is more. There's an eternity of more. God wants to introduce you today. It begins by saying yes to salvation. Yes to, I, I, I feel far away from God. The Bible said you are. No matter how hard you try to get close to God, we cannot because of our sin. But when we come acknowledging that we're sinners separated from God, God says, I forgive you. But each of us has to ask. If you're here today, you've never asked the Lord to come into your life, for Jesus to blow his eternal life into you and receive eternal life, forgiveness of sins. I want to offer that to you today and lead you in a very short but simple prayer of invitation, of making that happen today in your life. If that's you, would you simply just raise your hand wherever you are in the room? Or if you're online, you can text in right now, I'm making a decision for Jesus today. I'm making, I'm getting right with God today. Anyone in the room, if that's you, just let me see your hand. Just slip it up, put it back down again. It was, it's a private moment. Every head's bowed. Everybody's just, I'll just wait a moment. Is there anyone? For the sake of someone online today, Harvest, we know what to do. Let's pray this simple prayer. 
And if you're here today, maybe you didn't have enough courage to raise your hand. Raise your heart today. God, here's your heart. Pray this prayer. Dear Jesus, thank you. You love me. I invite you into my life today. Forgive my sin. Wash me clean. I receive eternal life. Amen. We believe if you prayed that prayer, that simple prayer from your heart, you're born again. His life is in you today. Let's sing this song just before we're dismissed today. If you need prayer today, come and get, start moving forward already. Let us become more aware of your presence. Let us experience the glory of your goodness. Let us become more aware of your presence. Let us experience the glory of your goodness. Let us become more aware of your presence. Let us experience the glory of your goodness. Let us become more aware of your presence. Let us experience the glory of your goodness. Oh, Holy Spirit, you are welcome here. Come flood this place into the atmosphere. Your glory, God, is what our hearts long for. To be overcome by your presence, Lord, Holy Spirit, you are welcome here. Come flood this place and fill the atmosphere. Your glory, God, is what thank you this morning, God, that we can come into your presence, Father. And Father, we thank you that you speak to us individually. A corporate word, but God, we take peace individually for each of us. Father, I pray for everyone here this morning, God, for health in their homes, for peace in their sleep, God, and just for, Father, their week just to be smooth. Father, bring us all back next week and bless each and every household. In your name we pray, amen. Amen. God bless you. Go filled with the Holy Spirit. Have an amazing week.
Like the sun, light piercing through the dark. The prince of peace came, broke into my heart. The violent cross, the empty grave. And in your life, I found a place. Tearing through the Stone. Staring down the fire, my eyes found yours. Shining like the sun, striding through my feet. The prince of peace met me
Good morning. Why don't you stand up and let's praise. Oh, praise in the valley. Oh, praise on the mountain. Oh, praise when I'm sure. Oh, praise when I'm doubting. Oh, praise when I'm numbered. Oh, praise when surrounded. Praise is the water, my enemies drowning. As long as I'm breathing, I got a reason to praise the Lord, hope my soul. Praise the Lord, hope my soul. Praise when I feel it.
got the front open for anybody who wants to worship here a little closer. all belongs to you we're full of expectations we're gonna see you move where two and more are gathered there's power in the room you're all our hearts are after there's nothing you can do opens up the door so we lift our voices louder faith is in the air all your promises will shout
standing with us this morning. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Just remind yourself, what are some of the names that God's had for you? Has he been your healer? Has he been your protector? Has he been your victor? Has he been your advocate when you needed somebody to be on your side? This morning, God wants to be a new name to you. He wants to show a different side of his heart to you this morning. So, Father God, we just thank you for meeting us here in this room, being reclined in our praises this morning. God, we know you are present. God, as we take just a second to look back, because we always want to be looking forward, looking to you, God, but we want to take a second and look back and see where you were victorious. God, we know that you are in our past, but God, we also know that you go before us. You are our victor. God, we are victorious stepping forward. We, before we even get there, we are already victorious in you. Thank you, Father, for loving us right where we are. Despite all our flaws, despite our ups and our downs, God, you love us all the same. Nothing changes. You never change. God, I want to lift up St. John's Presbyterian Church this morning. St. Uh, Knox, St. Paul's, St. Teresa de Lure Catholic Church, St. Peter's Church this morning, Father. Just give them an extra, extra pouring out of your Holy Spirit this morning. God, be with them in their congregations, in their services this morning, Father. Just continue to bless those ministries. Allow them to flourish, God. God, allow them to reach the communities you place them in. Father God, just meet them where they're at. God, give them vision, give them direction. Be the lamp upon their feet, Father God. Establish each foot, each foot they step with, God. You establish it, you have planned it out, Father. Thank you, God, for what you're doing in this city. God, I, God, I just lay the city of Cornwall down at your feet, Father, that it may one day be a beacon of the Holy Spirit for Canada. God, establish harvest as a beacon of your Holy Spirit for Cornwall. God, move mightily in this city. Let it be undeniable that all the glory is yours, Father. God, I just pray for peace and restoration this morning. God, I want to lift up families in this, in this room and families in this city. God, I believe you are the ultimate restorer, Father. God, I just want to, I just have a sense that there's some broken families out there, Father. Some young ones that have gone astray. And as parents, it can break our hearts. But God, I, I believe that you are establishing your home, you're establishing your household, that you are calling those young ones back into your home, back into your flock, Father. God, just extend your wing out and bring them in. Be their advocate when they need you the most, Father. God, we know you will step in, that you will never leave them or hang them out to dry, Father. God, we believe that you are calling us home, Father. God, thank you for constantly loving us. You are so good to us. 
Father God, I just pray for this morning, for the message that Pastor Roy's prepared. God, just soften our hearts, our hearts to our ear, open our ears to hear it, and soften our hearts to receive it this morning. And I pray all of this in your mighty and precious name. Amen. Well, good morning to everybody in the room. So glad you're joining us. You may take your seats. You're all looking at me like you don't know what to do. <laughs> well, welcome again. Uh, for those of you that are first timers here, it's not a. I hopefully it doesn't come off as a secret. For the regulars here, you know this very well, that here at Harvest, we love to give, and the ways that you can give are up here on the screen behind me. But I have an even bigger announcement this morning about next week. Can, I, can you guys say next week? Next week? Oh, 9.15 did better than that. Next, next week? Yeah, there you go. Uh, Steve, you, you shine there. I heard you, man. <laughs> next week, we have a special guest speaker. It's Pastor David. Um, I, always, I, I always mess his name up. David Mirick. Am I saying that right, Pastor Roy? Mirick. David Mirick. He's born and raised in Montreal. Uh, he established and pastored a church there called La Chapelle. Um, he then went over to Paris, France. Yes, Paris, France, where he was the pastor at Hillsong Paris. Well, he's now coming back to his roots. He's putting his feet back on home territory. And he's back in Montreal. And he'll be here next week. When? There you go, there you go. Next week he'll be here speaking, so we have the privilege of hearing his message and the, the one that God's prepared for him to bring to us. I'm so excited for that. Who's pumped? Yeah, yeah? Okay, okay, okay. Yeah, okay, all right. I'll take it. But uh, we get to hear from our incredible pastor this morning. Who's pumped about that? Yeah. So he's uh, continuing on in our next segment of Say Yes series. And so far we've learned about how to say yes to healing say yes to God's favor, say yes to praise, say yes to salvation, and say yes to provision. Remember all that? Does that ring a bell? Yeah, yeah. All right. But today we get to say yes to a Holy Spirit-filled life. So I'm really pumped about that. I love messages on the Holy Spirit. But first, before we get to that, let's check out the screens. since 2003, Harvest Christian Fellowship has gathered together every weekend and in small groups throughout the week to share the good news with anyone and everyone we can. We've learned a lot over the years. We've learned that we are not doing church for ourselves. We are not here as a traditional religious ceremony. We are here for others. We are here for you for your friends, for your family, and for your neighbors. We are here to share this abundant life that we have discovered with everyone. We are here to experience freedom, restoration, hope, and joy together as a community. We've seen plenty of miracles, but we know there's way more ahead. 
It is our goal that every single Sunday, people would experience this incredible life with Jesus. But we aren't just about Sundays. Harvest started as a small group and we have never stopped believing in the effectiveness of midweek gatherings where we can learn, grow, and experience life together. Our hope and prayer for every single person that comes through the doors of 847 York Street or through one of our online services is that they would know God, find freedom, discover purpose, and make a difference. There is so much more to come, and every single person has a beautiful, unique, and significant role to play. And this is only the beginning. We're convinced it's the greatest, most fulfilling life adventure you could ever embark on. Are you ready for the message harvest? Be expectant. The Holy Spirit wants to talk to you today. We have notes available to help you engage as you listen. For an online download of these notes, scan the QR code. We also have printout notes available for you in the room. If you didn't already receive a printout, put your hand up right now so one of our hosts can bring you one. We know you'll be inspired and encouraged as you hear today's message. Good morning. Welcome, service two. Great to see you at 11 o'clock group. We had a great time in service one and pray that uh, you'll receive something from the Word today. This is the last installment of the Say Yes series that was supposed to be a one-off uh, and uh, turned out to be, I'm not sure how many weeks, but I heard Frankie uh, kind of list off all the, all the things we've covered, and I hope you're saying yes to all of those things uh, in your good, in your life, and receiving all of those things. Today, say yes to a Holy Spirit-filled life. When we talk about the Godhead, and that's a, a phrase from the New Testament, the Trinity, the three in one, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, they are three, they are one, they are one, they are three. It is a mystery, and it cannot be explained, because if we could figure it out, we would be God. And so it's an attribute that makes God who He is, and uh, we can, uh, though we maybe don't understand, and how does that work, we can receive it by faith that this is what the teacher or the scriptures teach. When we talk about kind of God the Father, we kind of have that figured out. Okay, I kind of have an idea what, you know, God the Father's like. Jesus, kind of get an idea what he's like. But Holy Spirit, who, who is, who is Holy Spirit? And today I want to talk a little bit about that. It really needs about a three or four week series, which I uh, may do in the new year. And you have some notes today just to help you augment the personal attributes of the Holy Spirit. Uh, that He is a He. He's a person. He's not a force. This is not uh, this is not uh, Jedi uh, mind mind tricks. Uh, but the Holy Spirit is not an energy. He's a person. He's in the room today with us. And uh, as we talk about Holy Spirit. It can be difficult because of a number of things. And, and one is that the Bible uses a lot of s symbolisms to describe Holy Spirit. Uh, he's fire, he's oil, wind, and water. At Jesus' baptism, he's like a dove. Holy Spirit's not a bird. And I know in the painting, Holy Spirit is a dove descending. But the scriptures, if you read it, says he descended 
like a dove. In other words, how he fluttered and was hovering, which is an important word this morning. Uh, hovering versus resting. We're going to see, read a scripture in the moment. The Holy Spirit was at creation, hovering over the chaos. Um, and so uh, that's actually a beautiful picture at Jesus' baptism where we see all three uh, of the Godhead. God the Father speaks out of heaven. This is my son, Jesus, and Holy Spirit, not a bird, but somehow manifested in a way that people saw and appeared like uh, his, his motions were, were like a dove. If you have an older translation or you've been around uh, older translation Bible or you've been around Christianity uh, or you like kind of gospel root Christianity, then he's the Holy Ghost. And, uh, and, and so, you know, I, personally, I don't like ghosts. I don't know about you. I don't like ghosts.